0: And now, a word from our sponsor. White pearls, but
1: yellow and red and dye. Play control.
0: How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going today, Dave?
1: Uh, It's going okay. Having a bit of a lazy weekend and Mm -hmm. going to the beach tomorrow.
0: Nice. I saw, uh, based off your previous message, you were going to Germany, so I didn't even realize they were allowing people over. Americans.
1: Before I scroll back to my previous messages, I've said, could you explain that show? <laughs> it
0: was, it was, you said D.E. been <laughs> okay. oh. the weekend in D.E.
1: Deutschland.
0: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Delaware is not crazy far. Still a drive, no. but we're going to try and risk fighting the COVID in another state for a couple yeah. of days with family uh, and see how that goes.
0: But Delaware is open to uh, immigrants from Pennsylvania,
1: <laughs> I feel like their border is not that strict on the. <laughs> yeah. But again, we'll see.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's one of the advantages to living in the uh, in the U.S. is just being able to travel across states. Uh, when I drove out from the West Coast, it was just like cross state, cross state, cross state, two thousand miles. Speaking hello,
1: bye bye now. Take care. <laughs>
0: Until you hit Montana and then it's just like, I'm going to live here for a couple of weeks because that's how long it takes to cross Montana <laughs> driving all day. It's
1: gigantic.
0: Yeah. But the yeah. beach sounds fun. You actually get some, some sun.
1: Yeah. I actually went out and got sunscreen because I am very white. Yeah. If you couldn't that's... tell by my voice. Um, <laughs> right. As so opposed I to a tendency me. to crisp
0: <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I'm the same way. I, I like go to burn uh almost initially. <laughs> like I was a presupposed Sanders supporter, I guess. Because <laughs> I'm continually feeling the burn if I'm outside. <laughs> um but yeah, I, it's always a transition of burn first and then transition into tan. It's never oh, here's an a nice like crisping of the skin without going to burn. I don't know. Tanning, I guess they call it.
1: For me, it's always the, I know how easy it is for me to burn. So I will use mm-hmm. sunscreen. Uh, so we'll either comically miss some area of like, oh, I didn't think that one would be pointed directly over the sun yeah, or something else, or I would just not apply it as frequently as I should have. I'll get burnt once, and then I really don't go back to the actual sand and ocean part of the beach. Just yeah. be like, you have fun now. I'll appreciate a warm breeze, and I'll we'll call it at that.
0: It's the shins and the neck for me. It's like I never expect the shins to burn. Obviously, like ear tips. Those are your suspicious thing That People always get the sunscreen on their their ears.
1: How'd you do uh, shins? I Cause, like cause guys, we I, was I was laying down. down like, here. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was laying down. I didn't expect it to be bad. That was exactly it, right? I underestimated the sun. I was like, this giant ball of plasma, this wouldn't hurt me, right?
1: No, there's a cloud, it's fine. <laughs> oh man, the one that stood out to me, and then we'll get off of this uh weird intro stuff. Is I got my whole body covered in sunscreen, I was good, mm-hmm. and then I laid down on my front so I could tan my back, right? But oddly enough, um, behind my knees did not get covered in sunscreen because I was sitting down when oh, I applied geez. the sunscreen. Um, So that was awkward for a bit.
0: That's got to be pretty miserable. That's a joint right there. It
1: it stretches. It's like, Mm -hmm. ow, ow. Constant. Yeah.
0: I I guess. So I've thought about this in the past. Um, I'm sure other people have too. But how weird is it that uh, we prefer tans, I guess? I say this is the most pale person in the world, right? But like, it's literally, I'm going to go outside and have the sun irradiate my body like tanning is your body's defense mechanism for what the sun is doing to it it's just like this poor fool of a human (laughs) is not taking care of us so we're going to try to prevent the damage
1: yeah i think it's entirely all situational Mm -hmm. in the same way that um fat people were revered as oh it's a state of luxury in the same way I know people I know. have the option to tan versus are tan from if they have to like work outside. Right, like, oh that's a desirable trait.
0: Right. They must it's have had like
1: a vacation.
0: The class system sort of thing. If you're in your castle all day, you're probably not tanning as much. That's fair. So we've got we've reversed that though now, right? I think. Like a tan is seen as the more um,
1: well, I mean, for, like, how indoors we are, it's kind of shown as, like, oh, somebody had the freedom to go outside of the norm ah. and experience the sun at their own leisure. I gotcha. That's my thought.
0: Nice. That's interesting. Maybe it's also a sign of, like, taking care of yourself a little bit. You're just like, oh, yeah, you can you can go out and do that. I went to a tanning salon once. Um,
1: I went to a salon once.
0: Nice. I read an article on salon.com once.
1: I'm out. I'm
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this week we're talking about an actual video game. Um, rare, it happens, you know, sometimes. <laughs> but uh, Control, which is developed by Remedy, it is a third-person shooter slash action game. Um, with that takes place in like the 1960s, I think. Uh, kind of like an old alternate uh, setup. What? Pretty sure.
1: I could have sworn the timeline is more... I wouldn't necessarily say present day, but more of like a 1980s, 90s
0: vibe. Uh, that could be correct. Um, so while I will. looked it
1: up, I will elaborate slightly on my statement. Yes. So control takes place primarily in an office building. So not a lot is seen of the outside world to kind of provide context. So just based on some of the other things going on, I made an assumption uh, that you it was are correct. closer to the 1980s or 90s. 2019. I was off a little bit.
0: Uh, the 60s and things like that was when the oh, so Bureau... It's like present
1: day? Yes.
0: Okay. This would have been when they, like literally when the game released, I think is when the game was taking place in this alternative. The 1960s thing was like when the Bureau was founded, the Bureau of Control. So what FBC. is the FBC Bureau of Control? So the FBC, or the Federal Bureau of Control, is basically a um, like a split government entity. Think of like the CIA or FBI or something like that. That is in charge of the paranormal um, uh, for securing uh, things of paranormal origins, um, for keeping uh, tabs on threats to the nation. And basically doing all the weird stuff that like doesn't exist in real life as far as we know, because they do their job so well. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that's basically it. Uh, I, I mentioned this to you when we were playing the game kind of early, but I was like, this is very, very similar to um, the SCP Foundation, which is like the secure, contain, protect website. Um and if anyone is listening to this and they're familiar with it, like SCP or have spent some time like browsing those stories, those creepy pastas, I'm going to say just like pause, pause the episode, go play the game, then come back because you're probably already sold on it. It's It's got like those vibes all the way throughout.
1: So I assume the SCP uh, website or foundation is kind of based around stories of, hey, this event Occurred, it's mm-hmm. kind of suspicious in nature. Not a lot of details are known about it, but here's a very uh, blurry photograph of Big Dick.
0: Yes, ex- exactly. I would say Big. F- <laughs> <laughs> or actually, well, I, meant I was going to roll with it. Um, I was I was going to say, wow, Dave's actually spent a lot of time on the site. He's familiar with uh, no, Big Dick, but <laughs> <no>. <laughs> uh, but um, even even like down to like SCP Foundation site um, has a bunch of redactions in their articles about different. Uh, specimens, uh, control does the exact same thing. They're like, oh, we're talking about this object of power, this altered item, um, this event. Here's a ton of redactions. Um, sometimes to an obnoxious state, honestly, but it's yeah, part of the setup.
1: I wonder if, like, let's say somebody uh, got into some of the metadata to actually remove those redactions from the files, yeah. as some people are, want to do. I would be curious if that would actually provide additional insight or if it's just in there for flavor because it is a highly classified document overall.
0: I mean, some of them are definitely flavor, uh, speaking to control, um, because they would redact something like this many people died or these people died of X or whatever that this, this effect. But there was, um, there was a moment I had a moment of satisfaction in the game when I had pieced together some other information which was going on. And then I found a document that had um, a term redacted. And based off the context, I knew what the term actually was. They had redacted the, the word board um, for like um, we could talk about the board, I guess, too. But <laughs> they had redacted that from the document. But I knew it was that I'm like, ha, gotcha this time, government. <laughs> I, I actually know what you're talking about
1: okay so it was actually context clues you piece together not like going through the second time with the all bed language like, yeah
0: yeah exactly
1: okay i mean i'm fine going into the board and that stuff too i feel we should probably cover <laughs> gameplay yes first
0: yeah but yeah let's set up gameplay how would you describe the gameplay of the console now pc game control
1: I like it. It starts off a little bit weird. I have some minor complaints about just moving around in the camera. Outside Mm -hmm. of that, very nice. Mm -hmm. So, like Jake said, it is a third-person shooter. Um, At a point, you do get a gun called the service weapon. Yes. (laughs) I like that name because anytime you take something and abstract it out, it makes it seem more badass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like even the building you're in called the oldest house. Ooh, mystery surrounds this. Awesome. But the reason it's called the service weapon and not like a specific, oh, this gun is because you can get different modes for it. So Mm -hmm. it could work like a standard pistol. It could work like a shotgun. But as far as the third person run around, uh, aim and shoot, that feels pretty good. A lot of times Mm -hmm. though, I was using the zoom down sights. Yeah. in the pistol mode. Um, you also do, later on, get the abilities to kind of float.
0: Yeah, powers, basically. Yeah,
1: and you get the ability to throw stuff at stuff. Yeah. Which is cool because it allows you to interact with the environment a little bit more. Uh, also, it's usually going to select what you're looking at or kind of highlight it. so mm-hmm. You can, like, pick up a bench and throw it. Or you can pick up something that would theoretically explode um or it'll you give you like auto targeting it'll just kind of pick up the ground near you
0: <laughs> yeah um, just rip out chunks of concrete
1: yeah and you also have a like a bruce lee like half half foot punch going on
0: yeah like an open palm strike sort of thing in front of you
1: destroys all the models in the <laughs> nearby oh, yeah
0: The game has a lot of destruction going on. I'm pretty sure in the credits I saw like Havoc or something like that. It it has, this is not a a new thing in shooters to have destructible environments, but uh, I would say an above average number of things in control are very destructible. Sometimes you go into like an office room and there's computers and papers all over the place and everything's like semi-organized. Then a fight breaks out. And by the end of it, it looks like uh, the matrix scene after um they go through the lobby and they destroyed all of the walls and stuff like that
1: yeah i i like it though because it adds a degree of immersion a lot of times if you shoot at a wall like that's what i'll do first thing i will do in a game is shoot at a wall and try and draw a smiley face uh, and I, when i, I can't thing. i'm like oh yeah because it makes it feel like you don't really have impact on the world around you just the npc models how do you enjoyed the gameplay so far?
0: Yeah, I think um, I would compare like the gunplay, uh, just like actually using guns. It feels very like Destiny esque. Um, I had a couple of frame rate issues because I got to upgrade my graphics card, and it's this relatively demanding game. And I was too lazy to turn down the settings. But um, uh, for the most part, it felt kind of like Destiny esque. Like I said, um, the powers were the big. Uh, jump off point for me so like everything we've mentioned regarding the powers i think is like in the trailer um but uh as soon as you had a little bit more mobility like the ability to like levitate um the ability to throw these objects it for a period of time it kind of just replaced the gunplay for me i was focusing very exclusively oh, dude, on the it's, powers
1: it's so much stronger it, it definitely starts that somebody way beats a yeah. bullet <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's like there's some upgrades to the the service weapon um like the configuration modes also i love the configuration style of the service weapon it's basically a gun of blocks like these gray shifting floating blocks yeah, kind and then when you change floating, its mode they're
1: kind of floating conform together in the shape of a pistol initially
0: exactly um when you change the the mode the blocks just reconform in real time to, like, be like, oh, now it's the shotgun form. Now it's, like, the sniper-type form. Things like that. Um, and uh, late in the game, it became um, a really significant option. Uh, I use the sniper form a lot because you can only fire two shots with it. Um, before, you've completely depleted the the ammunition, which just regenerates over time. The little cubes or whatever that the gun uses. Um and that ammunition type is shared across all the forms. So you're just like, all right, I'll switch to the gun, fire off two, like, lethal headshots with this, take two guys out, and then jump up in the air and start flinging stuff with levitation and uh, the uh, the telekinesis ability, um, which is called launch. Yeah, it- And that that's when the game came into its own for me.
1: Yeah, it feels really good. Uh, once you get more stuff going on, there's also a dash. I forgot to mention, mm-hmm. which is like your quick zoop. Yeah. Uh, you can chain a lot of that together. So if you can do a hover and then dash away for as much energy as you have or energy yeah. controls, your special abilities, uh, like your launch or your throw. It, um,
0: it's really essential too, like energy management for some of the harder content is the absolutely the difference between success and failure. Yeah. Because you want
1: to throw a rock at somebody, but you're like, Oh, there are attacks coming. I need to dodge out of it. And I can't just try and run away quickly.
0: Yeah. It's almost like a Looney tunes moment. If you're out of energy and there's an enemy in front of you with a gun or something, you're just like, Oh, uh, turn around slowly, (laughs) you know, like switch to sprint, get shot in the back and die. Yeah. And they do have a kind of a minor penalty on death. You lose like ten percent of your um, your current currency, and I which just, is called source.
1: It did not impact my playthrough though, because mm-hmm. like you get it back pretty quickly. Killing yeah. enemies. I never felt like oh I don't have this, and because I don't have this, I can't upgrade this, and I'm impeded. At a point in the game, I never felt mm-hmm. actually limited by that. So. It is fine if you die. It's not going to fuck you over. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times for combat events, I would use all of my energy to throw, mm-hmm. switch to gun, unload gun like crazy, hope my energy was back to throw more stuff. Yeah. Because um, energy and bullets will recharge over time. They just need time. So I try and toggle between them. So there's no downtime on projectiles.
0: Yeah, i think that's basically the way they want you to play the game there are some they're like skill trees you can get ability points by completing quests in the game either main quests or side quests um and usually like the end tier abilities like for throw uh there's an upgrade that makes it so you can regen energy while you're still holding items at will like a slower rate um But some of the other powers have similar type upgrades. So you're like, if you really dedicate yourself to this ability, you can mess Mm -hmm. with the power economy a little bit. Um, There's a shield. (laughs) Which, uh, it's final. Like, usually this is the I don't want to die option. I need to mitigate incoming damage from the front. Um, And the final upgrade for that is, like, you can regen energy while in the shield. Which is really nice. Because... I will never that die. Pre- <laughs> yeah, that prevents some restarts. <laughs>
1: um, so that's actually something I did not get through my playthrough.
0: Mm-hmm. The shield at all or the upgrade? Yes. Really? I thought it was main story, but I guess it must not have been.
1: No, I think, um, I think that's probably the only optional one. Mm-hmm. Some of the other ones are going to be used for platforming later on. So once you have Dash, they can give you things where you need to clear gaps or get through an area quickly mm-hmm. uh, similar to the jump and hover you just have more mobility options so they can add oh you have to jump from point a to point b is way the fuck over there
0: yeah did you um did you get c's at all
1: yes okay you did get c's okay. that was fun yeah. c's is a uh, if an enemy is low on health in our case you would press and hold x and you put out your hand and you mind control them and it brings them to full health and they fight on your side for a duration. Yeah. So it's really fun to like beat the shit out of somebody and be like, and you're going to help me shoot rockets at that guy. Mm -hmm. And I think you can at least initially get two people at a time. Yep. So it was nice to take somebody who had rockets or something else annoying. One of the flying enemies, maybe.
0: Yeah. Get some air superiority going. The, um, the nice thing was the, the, upgrades for C's, the main path is like it increases it says it increases the duration of C's, but the way C's works is once you've captured the enemy they just start dying like their health just drains until they die and so the upgrades just make them die slower <laughs> while they're on your side so it's kind of funny the way they phrased it it's like increase the duration by killing them less <laughs> um, um but yeah later you know grab the upgrade so you can grab big guys and there's like there's specials in the game. We haven't talked about the enemies really, for the most part. They're just like augmented security guards um, of various varieties. We talked about some of the flyers, people flying around with like telekinesis.
1: Um, oh, but so there are the people who do fly around with telekinesis. Uh, it's easier to take them down with the service weapon versus throwing, yeah. because mm-hmm. some of the upgraded versions of the hiss, uh, which is the term for the enemies as a whole yeah They also get a quick dash. And if you're like chucking a rock at them, they're like, zoop. I what if shit. we didn't? You can still clip them if they're kind of forced into a corner or up against the wall. Yeah. Where they're like trying to dash and just get hit by a giant rock. And that feels good.
0: Yeah. I actually had some situations like that where enemies were dealing with my seized temporary allies. Um, and I'm just like, what if I just started throwing concrete at your backs? <laughs> and it works really well. <laughs> Um. But uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, the some of the advanced enemy types that come into play, uh, you can't seize them by default without getting an upgrade down the bar. Um. But one that I that stood out in particular is uh the the hiss cluster, which is this orb that heals other hiss. Um, and it, it has no offensive abilities. It just zoops around being a pain in the butt <laughs> healing all of the enemies in like a massive aoe i don't even think there's an aoe it's just if it's in play if it
1: exists it yeah. will heal everything and you think you have good dps until it's out and then you can't kill anything yeah so it kind of draws priority
0: there is one like kind of mercy mechanic in the game as far as i could tell which was um if you got an enemy into C's health range and you start seizing him his health doesn't regain past the seizeable amount
1: yeah it's like uh, you start seizing they're like uh actually i feel okay <laughs> they yeah, start right. you again no no no. Uh,
0: which i appreciate i i kind of like that because it would have felt bad for the opposite to be the case um but with the upgrade i was talking about you can grab you can seize the hiss cluster uh at which point there's a blue aura around your health in the corner. there's like blue particle effects. and you have constant health regeneration at a crazy rate uh, until the thing dies anywhere. like it's AOE applies everywhere to you. There was this massive battle I was in at one point and I like left the fight and ran off just somewhere else entirely. And for whatever reason, the game was taking forever to despawn the old enemies. And I just had health regen. It's just like, it's just part of my character now. (laughs) Um,
1: Unlocked passive healing tree.
0: It was just freaking great. Um, Now, what I didn't test is trying to capture two clusters, because I don't know if the game puts two of them in play at once. Uh, But theoretically, then, they could heal each other and heal you. And then until you had to hit like a loading screen, literally immortal. Hmm. think about it
1: maybe if i go back to the side content i will consider branching down that way
0: yeah i can talk a little bit about it because i did some of the side activities um like the main story the, the short of it if you were to stop listening right now is like the main content's better i think um which is a little unfortunate to say but like one of the side pieces is um an arcade cabinet um which I actually enjoyed a, a bit. It's just kind of like wave defense or uh, a mode where you have to kill enemies to like keep your timer running. Each time you kill an enemy, you get more time on your timer.
1: Path of exile. Yeah, continue.
0: Yes, exactly that. Um, it's a really common game mode. Like A lot of games have something like that. It's a force, momentum.
1: I'm enjoying the combat piece of the gameplay a lot, but mm. usually for skirmishes, they'll have maybe a couple sets of enemies where it's like three or four at a time then you kill them and then you go on about your business back to main story quest or or i have to go to this next area or i just want to explore yeah so it's not a constant thing but if you want it to be go nuts
0: yeah it was it was nice for the purpose of i'm going to mention the board again without talking about them but for board directives which are like um Basically radiant quests. Yeah, Yeah. just go here, kill this many things. Um, And for like, uh, you have ambient ones, which will pop up. There's like a little like alarm sound or whatever. And then yellow text will pop up on your screen. Also, this game loves to pop text up on your screen. (laughs) Like not in a dialogue way, but in a, we took the area name and we like brought the font size up to 180. And we just slapped it like in the middle of your screen in bold.
1: There's some times where I like it. i kind of like the feel of it it's like hey new mission the mission yeah and there are other times you're like i'm exploring an area and i just walk the new one it's like the area i'm like oh jesus (laughs) christ (laughs) so it depends on what mood i'm in personally
0: but um those quests you can like you get some rewards for doing them it's usually like defend some some agents or kill these hiss but then there's like missions below that, that you can just like cycle through. You can accept and decline them rapidly to generate new ones. Um, with like random rewards of certain tiers. We have talked about like loot, but you get loot, uh, loot. Um, and the side activities, like the arcade, though were a nice way to complete uh, some of those side so missions. If you want to like farm within them.
1: Within that yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, that the like arcade mode is in the investigation sector. So like the map is just a bunch of different sectors, different like departments in the bureau. Um, yeah, which so is because had...
1: it's everything is in house. Mm-hmm. So like the literally, whole game wor- yeah, the whole game <laughs> world is just that entirely. Like I said, you don't really go outside, but it's cool. From a, I wonder what a secret agency would have. And then you mm-hmm. find these wildly different sectors within it. Uh, it's just cool design.
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I think it also helps alleviate a little bit. If I had like a gripe uh, about the aesthetics of the game at all, it's that you spend most of your time in an office setting. Like It's just various different types of office settings. Um, and they they do try to do some diversity, like research has a nice open area, restart. Um, and some of the other things, thresholds are usually visually distinct, which is another proper noun. But for most of the game, if you're exploring the oldest house, it's the oldest house. It's um, a bunch of cubicles and monitors and pillars and things like that.
1: Well, um, I'm not disagreeing with that. Mm-hmm. But there are certain areas that are much more the inner workings of, like, if you imagine an insane basement warehouse type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, overall, yeah, I think very much a gigantic office building.
0: So, yeah, if you're talking about investigations uh, or the investigation sector, that was like DLC. So it's nice that they came back and they did
1: approach yeah, I mean, that like issue. Even maintenance oh that's really true different yeah. from like central executive right
0: it's that's like fair. Actually,
1: Blackrock quarry the whole fungal thing i forgot to go back and do um
0: yeah <laughs> yeah those are anytime the game like i think ventures out a little bit into the um to the paranormal so i, I mentioned thresholds earlier which is basically where like other planes are encroaching on the oldest house um and there's, there's little connecting points, basically, where it's like, I am going to go somewhere else entirely. Uh, those places are really visually interesting. You mentioned, like, the Mold, Blackrock Quarry. Um, those were refreshing to me. Because there's just now, the,
1: that much of a change of pace?
0: Yeah. And they're pretty much opposites, too. Like, Block Rock Quarry, very open area. I was kind of impressed uh, when I arrived there because I was like, "This is like, this is a large arena, and there's like a lot of combat potential going on here." And the game hasn't done anything like this up to this point. I wasn't sure that mechanically, like the engine could handle it because everything else up to that point was inside it's of a smaller corridor. Yeah. And then, like the the mold sections, much more close quarters. You can get jumped really easily. Um, there's a lot of diversity there.
1: Yeah. Do we want to describe some of these proper nouns a little bit? Sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we don't have to go into like huge detail because do want people to experiences on their own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But some of the terms um, that we keep using, at least, um, the board. The board. So, the there's a director who's the head of the bureau, mm-hmm. uh, and communicates with the board. Yes. Now, like Jake said before, with thresholds, uh, essentially, other. Planes of existence will overlap with the oldest house.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so there's some, I'm presuming, aliens who are the board. I'm, I'm doing the air quotes voice.
0: Yeah, we um, don't really know.
1: We don't entirely there. know. No. Uh, but they kind of impart directives, which are some of those side quests, but also throughout the story of the game mm-hmm. will kind of provide some feedback. But they exist on at least one of the, if not the astral plane.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the astral plane, I think, is unique. It is it is a location.
1: I think I it kind plain. of just spans all other planes as far as overlap. Mm-hmm. But anytime you get an object of power and it binds to you, it's something that exists in another plane but has a physical manifestation in this one, and mm-hmm. you connecting with it gives you these additional abilities. So, like, yeah. the service weapon, the object of power... It's a gun that can fucking transform. Don't need to explain that. It's freaking great. <laughs> uh, the launch one is a fucking floppy disk.
0: Yes. With which, the Russian nuclear codes. Yes. From um, Cold War.
1: Which makes it fair that you would assume like 1960s for some of the style. Um,
0: yeah. I, for Objects of Power, they have a, um, uh, they use the the public perception sort of thing. It's almost a Persona-like thing with Mementos for Persona fans out there where everybody's shared belief or superstition about something impacts the item itself. And I love that. I'm all about the subjective reality affecting the paranormal
1: consciousness uh, created or manifested this. Exactly. Um, What else? Oh, the hotline, which is an old.
0: It's like a rotary phone, like
1: a hotline phone, but there's no Mm -hmm. numbers to dial on it. It's just, you pick up and it's like, a direct line of communication
0: yeah it's how you can talk to how you can talk to the board um yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of special stuff going on we, we don't necessarily need to get into we can let people experience what some of these things mean but um i think like that helped provide some of the flavor for um what's going on in the game is like the proper nouns will come up and you'll be like, I don't know what that means <laughs> or I don't know. Like now that I know what this means, I still don't know what I should do about it or various questions, things like that. It's a game that wants you to ask those questions. I feel like maybe they give a little too many, too many answers to critique it a little bit. Um, oh,
1: I'd hard to screw with that.
0: You would hard disagree.
1: So I think if you're just playing through the game for the sake of, I want to play a game. Mm -hmm. um, A lot of the story, like you said, they do want you to ask. So you do have to go out and look for dialogue with people or logs throughout the game to read like small Mm -hmm. correspondences, uh, transmissions and other things to kind of piece together more of the world and lore. Um, Do you have an example of where you feel they were kind of heavy handed of like, this is the info.
0: I guess maybe maybe not. Um, as you were saying about it, I was reflecting more upon what I said. And they do leave a lot of main questions uh, open. I think part of it... This is, a, this is a large jump ahead. Without going into specifics, I think that the culmination of the story didn't use some of those questions in ways that I would have liked. Which is to say, to rephrase that they ask really like interesting questions. Like what is the oldest house? Why? Like, that's a, like you said, as soon as the term is introduced, you're already hooked. The oldest house is cool. Why is it called the oldest house? Why is it the oldest house? Like, um, and then like, like, what is the board? What are the board doing? What are their motivations? Who are they? Like the, what is the antagonist motivations? All of this stuff. Um, and, and, to so just jump ahead a little bit with while avoiding like explicit spoilers um a lot of those questions don't come into play for the culmination of the game which means they they kind of like matter a little bit less within the context of this specific game but i could see it being useful for like future world building I can see that but that's not the original argument i made the original argument was the answer to many questions and I, I'm going back on that. I'm going to take that one back. I think they just don't use the questions in ways that I would prefer all the time. Yeah. S- still enjoy the game. Four out of ten.
1: Going off of that, um obviously did enjoy the game, which is why we're talking about it. It's hard to be yeah. like, man, this piece of shit, and they just rag on <laughs> it for an hour.
0: We still would talk about it, though. If we played like... 10 to 20 or 30 hours as you i have this anyway <laughs> yeah we would still talk about it we wouldn't be like now the game was bad and it's so
1: bad we won't record an episode
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> we literally will just provide no content this week
1: but I mean, as um, far as like the story goes um as it developed towards the end when things ended i was like i had very much of an oh okay yeah. It didn't really feel like all of the loose ends in my head were resolved or connected mm-hmm. or it felt a little ambiguous or nebulous. I didn't get closure on it. Um, and I didn't know why certain characters mattered right. or other things. So I'm not sure if that's something I was missing information-wise or if the game literally just kept it a mystery.
0: I think like... This is in some ways similar to what I was just talking about. But if you have like a core world story, like this is your main plot. And these are the points we want to hit along that main plot. Like this is what will happen in the game. Like these are the events of the game, but then your world building is like adjacent to that. Um, that can lead to this sense of disconnection a little bit with the ending. Like, it's not like the ending comes out of nowhere, It just deals with some characters and uh, interactions and themes that you might not be focusing on moment to moment for a large portion of the game, which makes it feel like it comes out of nowhere. So even though they literally they're not like taking a right angle into complete nonsense, Phil, it doesn't feel as satisfying if it's not hitting some of those things you were focusing on.
1: I don't give a fuck with Jesse's brother. I'll come out and say it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, what you said is 100% correct in that regard. Um,
0: that all being said, uh, I love the flavor, uh, the flavor of the game. I read like a whole lot of um, the the text they put around here, which puts it ahead of Bioware because when I play Bioware's games, I'm like, I start reading the text and then I realize that they have entire volumes <laughs> and i kind of kind of give up um but then they have like multimedia they have um like yeah. slide projectors and film reel reels and i did find myself stopping and just taking that in for a moment eat a snack
1: it's it's good from a perspective of its uh different forms of media because if you just gave me straight text i'm out son I don't read in my free time. That's not who I am as a person. Uh, I can lose interest very easily because I'm used to having two monitors, music's going, talking to somebody, playing a game. Mm-hmm. So when they break it up into, hey, um, there's just a, a video that's going to come onto like seven TVs at once, I'm like, okay, it's probably some world building. i to see what they do. Mm-hmm. And what I like as far as what Remedy has done and other games as well, like Alan Wake, will be mentioned again, is they will use uh, real people in these videos. Yeah. So it's like, hey, this is about Dr. Darling and his department. I'm like, oh, they actually got a fucking person to record this. they yeah. not using in-game models. So it makes it feel more real.
0: Yeah. Which is, you said, like Alan Wake. Dr. Darling, as as you uh, reminded me prior, prior to this, is voiced by the same person as Alan, <laughs> Alan Wake. So... Um, Ilka Vila was my attempt at saying the, the name.
1: It sounds wrong to say voiced by because he's in a video. The guy mm-hmm. who's Dr. Darling <laughs> voices out <Alan White. laughs>
0: of Voiced by, also real-time acted as <laughs> the person. Um,
1: also, the fucking... We talked about the logs, uh, mm-hmm. but one of the other forms of multimedia was the threshold kids. And I want to mention it yeah. now because <laughs> we'll forget, but it's mm-hmm. worth mentioning. So, as part of the lower along the way. Uh the bureau is going to be taking in certain people who are involved in these alternate world events mm-hmm. to study them or keep them safe, which could be kids. Um so somebody had the bright idea to have like a little puppet TV show on their internal network to kind yep. of convey like hey, get a little bit used to the paranormal shit going on around here. But it is it is creepy. It is so fucking creepy. Super creepy. They use like really shitty, like physically real dolls, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're poorly enough made. I don't know it. Yeah, like
0: the, the the lower chin, the lower jaw part is just like on a stick. So they emulate talking by just moving it up and down. And their eyes are like wonky, and it looks like they're on. They're having the worst trip of their life. <laughs> it's just yeah, very uncomfortable.
1: Kind of drugged out dummies.
0: hmm
1: That if it works, you come to be like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck. Yeah. Also, Mr. Bones is my favorite though. Yeah. <laughs> He's like a skeleton in like a half burned off suit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But on the right side of his face, slightly askew if you imagine like a very small baby doll yeah like barbie-esque it's the face of that just kind of hanging off of the skeleton puppet
0: yes he's very
1: creepy but he's he's stylistically cool
0: yes yeah (laughs) i like there's a particular skit where he's like doing an explanation and then one of the kids is just like, does that mean blah, blah, blah? And he's like, no questions. <laughs> it suddenly Just yells it. And then he says something else. And he's like, isn't that right, kids? And the kid's like, yeah. And he's like, no. questions. <laughs> <laughs> total, no interruptions. It was it was great.
1: Um, yeah. It, it came up once or twice in logs, but just that additional bit of world building. You're like, this is kind of fucked up.
0: <laughs> yeah. It it's definitely also we should mention this is a continuation of what Remedy's done with like Alan Wake and that they had Night Springs which is their paranormal. It was the X Files. It was the X Files reference, um, it, like a reference to the X Files itself. No, don't was, you mean not X Files? What was the other one? I can't. I won't be able to answer that one. That one's that one's on you. Um, oh no,
1: we got some dead air coming, boys
0: something with a door was it the creepy door because that's a that's a rick and morty thing
1: i mean the creepy door is a parody of this classic show twilight uh-huh. zone jeez
0: twilight zone there you go yes
1: yeah so it's a variation of the twilight zone but at least from reading some of the logs from control the mm-hmm. whole point of that show was to kind of get you people used to the idea of paranormal events even if it was in yeah. the sense of oh, that's kind of off in the distance in TV land. Yeah, But they also Mm -hmm. had the radio station where you could call in to report those. Again, in the sense of like, I'm connecting to the other communities through this TV show of like, hey, this fucking talking fish I had on my wall uh, is possessed and screaming things that the devil would say. Yeah. But like, it was a way to call in and connect to kind of normalize it. In a not not so direct way.
0: So yeah, I thought the show was it was like Mer- America Tonight or something. America Overnight, yeah, is what it's called. I had to start typing in Google, but I remember. But I I love that it also um, redirected public suspicion. So the America Overnight guy, as you know, most radio voices are confident voice. All of this going on, um, but a guy calls in and he's talking about like an altered world event where like people went missing and he's like i think the government's covering some of this stuff up whatever whatever and the radio the radio guy america overnight uh host is like you know what i think you're onto something aliens it was probably aliens that did this and the guy's like what what are you talking about like no it's not aliens it's something else entirely and he's like no no this is just another instance of aliens so it's literally just like Pushing the conspiracy. The yeah. And also, yeah, like you said, sleep it under the rug at the same time. And I love that. I love the double agent, like, government institution thing, actually pushing the conspiracies.
1: It's um, really easy to dismiss somebody's argument, not to go into, like, politics and everything, but mm-hmm. it's really easy to take. I think the government's um, hiding something here as far as these missing people. And you're like, yeah, fucking that. Uh, Joe crazy over here. <laughs> I had a little, little too few many Cheerios, you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: And you're no, like, it's... I don't want to eat
1: too many Cheerios. I think that guy's wrong.
0: <laughs> I have a cra- this is an aside, but I have like a crazy number of cornflakes right now. Cause we bought like a bulk bag. Just um,
1: straight up normal cornflakes.
0: Just yeah. Normal cornflakes. And not even, I don't use them it. for anything. <laughs>
1: No raisins. It's not it's not like like a raisin brand. They're just corn flakes.
0: No, you know? It's just oh, anti-masturbation buddy. corn flakes, <laughs> the original.
1: Um, I'm gonna yeah. mail you some sugar and cinnamon or chocolate.
0: I'd probably make it work then. <laughs> just make it palatable. Anyways, that's an aside because you mentioned Cheerios, and I I've been looking for my end. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I love just the. Um, the depth of the uh, the conspiracy again, not to go to like politics, but or anything like that. But I feel like conspiracy is alive and well in the American uh, zeitgeist, to use a term uh, right now. And I was one of the areas in the game is called Dead Letters, which just has tons of correspondence of people who like send in their. I'm going to put this all in quotes, like, reports of paral- paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just, like, conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory. And I'm just like, some people I know would believe these. And these are meant as, like, parody conspiracy theories in a game. And this is making me a little too uncomfortable in my real space <laughs> in front of a computer. Yeah.
1: But at least, like, from the game standpoint, that was the Bureau's way of tracking events that had happened, that they weren't aware of yet yeah so like that mm-hmm. little aside i made about the talking fish everybody knows like the singing bass from walmart yes mm-hmm. that was literally one of the dead letters where it was possessed and like saying other things and they're like hey uh my wife's getting a little bit concerned about the talking fish <laughs> <laughs> and he's just writing in and they had him use like poorly written english where the words weren't entirely correct as if he had a bad education yeah. And he was more of a hillbilly type character.
0: That's great. It's all flavor, but like we've spent the last significant amount of time talking about stuff that just contributes to the flavor and like theming of the game. And I think that um, it probably carries the game a bit more than it would uh, for something else for me. Like, um, and by that, I mean, gameplay is awesome. I enjoyed the gameplay, but for a significant part of it, the reason I was engaged was because of this paranormal setting and everything going on.
1: It's a curiosity that I want to sate. Yes, like they keep leave these little breadcrumbs, I'm like, but what, mm, but what's it about? Yeah, mm-hmm. and for me, one of the biggest tie-ins here is where we're cashing in was the Alan uh, Wake stuff. Yeah, because initially, all right, everybody remembers the Alan Wake episode; it was everybody's favorite episode. Yeah, another game by Revity Studios, um, but they refer to the events in that game uh, in a case file, saying that it was another altered world event. Right. So when I saw that, and like a couple of other things, it was cool to see those things tied together. Right. Like it was in a present day universe. You're like, oh, that connects to a thing. That kind of explains some of the events of that game. Mm-hmm. So that it makes
0: this cool. a shared, a shared game universe too. Yes. Like if they release a control game in the future, it'll be in the same universe as Alan Wake and the opposite is true.
1: So it'll be cool to see if they do more things in that space, how it's going to tie in. Because the whole premise of Alan Wake was uh, things that were being written on this typewriter in a specific creepy teleporting house um, um, would actually come true. Right. And there's Cauldron a DLC with the Alan Wake storyline. Which I thought aw. was a little weird, but... Aw, yeah. But interesting.
0: Is it is it time for the rant? Should I rant?
1: We can rant. We're at 50 minutes, so it's just... Things we're asked was... about, things we want to rail on.
0: Yeah. Everything I'm about to say should not diminish from positive feedback said earlier about the overall game. But... <laughs> um, so the Alan Wake DLC portion is the Investigation Sector. And I'm not going to spoil like anything from it. Uh, it's still playable and fun and good. Um, discounting that entirely. If you didn't have the DLC, I think there's too many references to Alan Wake in the base game. The first time I saw one, I was like, ha ha ha, that's cool that they're tying these together. And then like the fifth time I saw one, I was like, I kind of want this to be a different game, though. You know, like, I want it to be about the control universe. Um, But then DLC comes in, which is entirely about Alan Wake. Like, the universe, um, you don't play as Alan Wake, thankfully. They still have you play as the main character of Control, Jesse Faden. But they bring Um, over
1: the light mechanic.
0: They do. Which is a nice touch mechanically. Um, But my main gripe is, like, it's fun. The whole thing's good. My main gripe is... Um, I didn't want it to be about Ellen Wake. Like, if you're going to introduce a game to your original IP, or if you're going to introduce DLC to your original IP, it's uh, it's it feels kind of desperate for that DLC to be about one of your previous games. Um, and I feel like it diminishes the value of the IP that you're trying to build if you're saying the first major addition, the first like major supplement we want to put in here is literally just an expansion of our previous games, content and story, because that's what we want to tell. That's the story we want to tell as opposed to um, expanding the universe of control in an appreciable way. That's my rant. I wish it was about control um, or the oldest house or the board or anything like that.
1: Yeah. And I don't disagree with anything you said. There were definitely a lot of tie-ins. Like, again, if you remember from Alan Wake, the old gods of Asgard, the Mm -hmm. old guy rocker group, their music comes in this game. Um, There's like a whole section where it's a song by the old gods of Asgard. Uh, And the event you play through is kind of this bombastic with the, as the music kind of like rises and falls, you have combat or platforming sections. To kind of mirror from Alan Wake, when you have the giant stage fight, and mm-hmm. you are defeating hordes of darkness people who are trying to come at you, trying to light their face, set off the fireworks for the stage. Yeah, and
0: it's a it's a climax event like Left or Dead's yeah. final battle. I'd
1: probably still rather have it as more of an homage or an Easter egg mm-hmm. versus Alan Wake. And we're like, yeah, we got you.
0: <laughs> yeah. It is worth disclaiming that uh, the Foundation DLC, which I haven't fully completed because it's available after the main story of Control as opposed to before the main story of Control, uh, came out before the Alan Wake DLC. So they did do a DLC to exp- that actually takes place more in the Control Universe, and then the Alan Wake tack on, which might just be the transition into like the next Alan Wake game. But still... I just I just love the bureau and the paranormal setup and everything like that and I'm fine with them being tangentially related and not directly uh, like showing up at each other's house every other day you know yeah that's the weirdest way to say it <laughs>
1: that's what I'm going with too neighborly.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah it's like e- they're borrowing bags of sugar from each other every day the to make that not even more weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um,
0: is it a bag or a cup i guess it's a cup of sugar a cup of sugar <laughs> right do you have like a 10 pound bag of sugar i could just borrow
1: <laughs> i need it for all the muffins at once uh, uh, yeah. i don't know what i would really change about the game because mm-hmm. i liked what i played of it i didn't go super side quest heavy Um, I did something that was tangential to my other motives. Mm
0: -hmm. I can say just real quick two line review on the side quests that some of them are completely like trivial, busybody nonsense, like find these five items in this area and shoot them or like talk to plants (laughs) or something like that. And then other ones are more interesting, um, usually related to objects of power and things. But um there's a gambit. <laughs> gamut? Gamut. There's a gamut of side quest content.
1: Hmm. Would you not strictly necessary specifically about the game that would enhance your experience? Or like would you want to see a sequel?
0: Oh yeah. I would absolutely want to see a sequel. Like I would like the sequel to be focused in the world more. Um and then the only thing I can really think to improve uh, would be actually I can think of a bunch of minor things but the um, the main thing would be uh, addressing more of the large interesting narrative questions because um, the world building in some ways is more interesting than the main plot of control I and either. I think that that's a sacrifice you don't have to make <laughs> you can entwine the two um, so that's my advice to Remedy for the next game. Thanks for <laughs> for listening, uh, friends of the show Remedy. <laughs> Do you have anything uh, having put your time in? Um,
1: I, I guess story-wise, I was expecting to be more of a connection with Jesse, the main character, and the Hiss. Because a lot of the abilities you get, the Hiss also have. Yeah. Like floating around, dashing, and throwing rocks. Uh, you see that a lot. You get hit by a lot of rocks. Um, but I guess that was just the events that happened to her as a kid. Yeah. Um, and being exposed to another dimension, an entity. Hmm. Uh, she's able to connect with those objects in that way to be able to have those same abilities.
0: Yeah. But I was really I think thinking it's... there
1: was going to be a correlation of like, you're actually part his.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought the same thing. That was my my theory leading up to it. But um, yeah, I think you basically nailed it in the uh, the follow up uh, to the question. I think they're just similar entities um, in some ways. And hopefully, should a sequel come out, they'll elaborate a little bit more on that. Because um, the questions are out there, do,
1: do,
0: do, and then the truth. Do, 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 do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's good though it it's like a a nice little single player mystery niche
0: mm-hmm. and I, I i think it's uh if you're going to play a superpower a superhero game there's other ones i'd probably play first like infamous i don't know if i'd recommend prototype anymore but after the beginning after you get some of these powers and the game picks up i think it could be a solid entry in the um the super powered protagonist type space so if you like those things i also think it's a good recommend yeah it's a game not actually four out of ten i'd probably give it a, give it a give it a, an 8.57 i
1: would just say eight fact, <laughs> decimals <laughs> yeah there's some things that i'm it's not like I can even pinpoint I want to tweak this and improve it. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't think I can give it 100% full marks. Some of the stories kind of weird. Some other things yeah. I might tweak a bit, but I have to explore what that is. Yeah. But overall, uh, fucking solid. Mm-hmm. Very enjoyable. Yeah.
0: Fully Um If you want the detailed list of all the individual tweaks... I would make the game just reach out to me. I'll I'll, I'll provide them. Um, We'll
1: put you on our mailing list of control (laughs) tweaks.
0: Yeah. The control-based mailing list. We have a mailing list for one game for one episode. (laughs) Or do we have mailing lists for every episode? And they can just subscribe if they're interested in the content of that one episode.
1: I'd be like, this is something I wish I would have said. I'd like to hear more about this game.
0: i I, like a generalized mailing list i don't think i could do it would just be like there's an episode this week
1: oh i Uh, I hire somebody before i did it myself at that point
0: yeah i think we would also need income (laughs) before we start hiring people in for it i just the non-profit
1: me post on facebook i'm like an episode Mm
0: mm-hmm We're not registered as a nonprofit. We just don't make profit. (laughs) There's an important distinction. (laughs) Anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, As always, should you have feedback about this episode or perhaps theories about what's truly going on and what this episode was really about, you could send those in to our Gmail at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or join the public zeitgeist at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast.com we will jump in your discussion and suppress your beliefs. And as always, we'll see you in the next one.
1: Don't forget to play this episode backwards.
0: Okay. We're going to try this one more time
1: and then we're done playing with you. Understand. Jelly. Where are you from? Jumbo up and loose and heavy treat sandwich. Jesus Christ. Does anyone have any idea what this thing is saying? Hotly. dirt arrange you. Why are you here? What the hell do you want? Why'd you stow away on that ship? School bearing, boy-boy. Eyes many cauterizing loops through and about. Wind and windy Mitchell. Did he just say Mitchell? Was there a Mitchell at NASA? Tubes. You know what? Never mind. I can't do this anymore. Just send this thing to the guys in research. Let them cut it up or whatever they do. You hear that? They're gonna cut you up, you pain in the ass. Spider time.